you can come up to me and say bonjour, but please don't come up to me and say that girl. Yeah, yeah. Students listening, that's if not, you do, that, not a good idea. Actually, if you do, I'll be impressed. That would be you. Actually, I do want you to do that. You know what? Do that. Do that. Do it. Incoming freshman, you see Mr. Wingline, tell him to shut up in French, and he'll be. I'll be delighted. I will laugh. Great. Great start to the year. Welcome back to Chatting at the Sea. I'm, of course, your host, Mr. Ben Beckman. I am joined by Micah Ringline. Micah, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good good to have you. We're, we, I was excited that we were almost going back to school. You are less excited than me. <laughs> I love my job, but I also love my hobbies during the summer. I, that's what I need to do, get more into my hobbies during yes, the summer. absolutely. Speaking of hobbies, of course, we're doing the show live on location here at Hardy Coffee here in Benson. If you haven't been to Hardy Coffee, definitely a great place to stop up to. Um, whether you're downtown, whether you're in North Omaha, whether you're in Benson, even out west, they've got a container, kind of drive through Hardy Coffee Shop. Stop in there and get yourself a really good drink. Oh, I've seen that. It's really cool. It's a cool place. So uh, we're racing along, Mike. We're, we're almost near the end. A few more days, a couple Mondays, we'll be back into the swing of things. Uh, so speaking of Central, let's start with our opening question we always do. Uh, what makes Central special? For me, I worked so many different jobs. Like, I did landscaping. I sold fireworks. I was a furniture mover. I did construction. I did 30, 40, I don't know, 50 different jobs before I finally landed this one. And all the jobs I had ever done, this was the only, the first job where I ever felt like... I belonged here. And that was a that was a big moment for me. Yeah. I was working with so many other places and hating my coworkers or hating my <laughs> job responsibilities. <laughs> Not finding any any personal worth like it wasn't helping me grow as a person. I didn't feel like I was having any kind of impact. It was just go, rough through it, get your paycheck and keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely that purpose is a big thing. You said like finding your purpose and like every single year improving and like how can you as a person be better to help those kids around you is. And at least one, it's my purpose for now anyway. It's been working out. Purpose for now. 13 years next year. That's good. That's, That's crazy. That is crazy. It's crazy to think the people I talk to and like, unless they've been there forever, forever, just how it, I've been there, this will be my eighth year, mm-hmm. but it's like. It's not a huge amount of time yet. Like, I did Scott Wilson's episode. Of course, he's been there for 20-some years, Boy, and he's yeah. like a staple. But, like, you and I have really haven't been there for that long. Maybe I'll make it that far. I don't know. Maybe. I'm hoping to make it to tomorrow. We'll be okay from there. Huh. So what pushed you then away from those jobs to inspire you to become a teacher? What was that then working all these different jobs? What pushed you to be then an educator? All the other jobs were just to get a paycheck. Yeah. Just to keep paying my rent. <laughs> yeah. So. There were many of those jobs that I did not particularly enjoy. I mean, I've made sandwiches for like three different places, pieces for three different places. Yeah. Yay for me for having the experience, but it was just to pay for gas Mm -hmm. to go back Mm -hmm. to work. So education, the education field, I just kind of fell into. I was taking statistics to be uh, to work as a consultant to analyze statistics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, go into companies and figure out where the weak spots were in their infrastructure or their personnel, and get people fired. That's what <laughs> I was going to do. Opposite side of the spectrum there from teaching. I was going to analyze reports, figure out who wasn't doing their job, Gosh. and then send them on their way, or you know, have review panels and talk about where can mm-hmm, we improve. Mm-hmm. Not very, not wholly that different from what I do now. Uh, so I 
I started with that. And crunching statistics was fine, but really what I found to be enjoyable was when I had to be a teacher's assistant. They wanted me to teach an intro to data analysis and research methodology. And what was more fun for me was talking with the students and figuring out what the problems were and helping them understand how everything worked. Yeah. And it took a while. It took a couple years, but then I finally came around to, oh, hey. Maybe I could teach something. I don't know what. Okay. I don't know what. I don't know what. And part of my requirement to get my degree was two years of a foreign language. Okay. So I started with German, obviously. A great place to start. And my teaching assistant said, oh, I'm not good at spelling, so you'll have to get a dictionary. And I thought, well, that's very kind of you to be honest and straightforward, but I'm not going to take a class from someone who doesn't know what they're doing, Yeah, doesn't have proficiency. So I dropped it, and it was French or Spanish. And I'd already taken Spanish in high school, and I loathed it. I cheated all the time. That's the only way I passed it. So I took French as a last resort. It was easy. It was fun. I went to France for six months and had a great time. And when I came back, they said, if you do grad school for a year or for two years, uh, they'll pay for all your courses as part of like a, I can't remember the term for it, but it's like a STEM type thing almost. You like-ish. serve us for two years and we'll yeah, give you a degree yeah, yeah. for free. Time for time for pay. I don't remember what they call uh, it. I can't, yeah. Apprenticeship. Something like yeah, that. Something, something fun like that. Like that. Yeah. So I said, sure, i am got nothing else better to do. Totally. So I did it. Third language is the charm, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I love how you kind of like fell into that where it's like, hey, for your other degree, then it pushed you this way. So then that leads us kind of into, luck. you got, you did get lucky. It's really, really like lucky. an interesting going from statistics to a foreign language. Like statistics to me is a foreign language. Oh uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> to probably it a lot is. of people. That's terrible. <laughs> but it leads us perfectly into the idea of what you just said. Like you did not like Spanish in high school. You loathe taking Spanish, but the U.S. education system being so close to Mexico and having a very diverse Hispanic population, even here in Nebraska, um, there's a huge emphasis on Spanish. So how do you stay competitive as a teacher with this push for more and more uh, Spanish speakers? I ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep going. Yeah. French is different. <laughs> it's not Spanish. Not everyone wants to do Spanish. Yeah. Spanish sure. is great. Spanish is super useful. I'm learning Spanish right now because it's so useful. I cannot deny the utility of Spanish mm-hmm. and just amount of fun there is to have resources so close in our community. It's right there. It's it's a person sitting next to you. Yeah. It's so easy to connect with Spanish and it's much more difficult to do with French. So I can't deny that. But I also remember that when I was in high school, I had easy access to Spanish. I did not want to have anything to do with it. It was my only option though mm-hmm. as a foreign language. Yeah, that's for me it was the same thing. Yeah. So I like to be the alternative. Plus, I mean, myself and Mrs. Seinauer, we have exceptional personalities, and I think that totally. helps yeah. helps this sell. Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of Mrs. Steinauer, we need to have her on at some point, but Biz, oh, yeah. talk about making that right away, making a huge splash. We'll talk about her later in the show. Um, we talk about uh, going to uh, another country. Now, 
everybody loves or like wants to like learn a foreign language. Everybody always like kind of romanticizes <laughs> it. But yeah, that's good. They romanticize the idea of oh, I should go oh, yeah. get a minor in Spanish. Oh, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be fun to to speak Greek or Russian or whatever it might be? But there, the sheer amount of like vocabulary and rote memorization. Rote memorization for those at mm. home being like memorizing word after word after word. This means this. This means this. And it's just kind of basic understanding type thing. But how do you get over that hump? Learning a foreign language, obviously, would you consider yourself fluent or proficient in French? In French, I'm fluent. Fluent, okay. I would have no problem. How do you get over that hump of like, there's just a whole new language. There's, a, I mean, there's a billion different words in French. Well, let me put in the perspective of me learning Spanish right now. Okay. Because that's like renewal from block one. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. A, there are many similarities between French and Spanish, which makes Spanish learning for me so much easier. But... It's still a shock. There's still a lot of confusion when I see, this is how you say this, why? That's <laughs> stupid. No, I have to stop myself, don't say that. It's just Another different language. from what you know. Mm-hmm. It's making you uncomfortable, okay. To fight the rote memorization, I think for me learning Spanish, I wanted to default to making lists, to writing out words. Yeah. I wanted to default to that because of how I learned Spanish. Mm-hmm. But that is also part of the reason why I hated learning it. So what I did instead, I'm lucky to work with Spanish teachers. Oh yeah. So I can just go up to them and start talking to them yes. and they will talk back. If I get confused, they'll explain some things to me. Mm-hmm. So instead of writing, I've actually written very little Spanish. Okay, good. And most of my emphasis has been on speaking and listening comprehension. And that's a big criticism when it comes to English speakers or anybody in the American system learning another language. There's so much writing, so much vocab, less emphasis on that's speaking. True. And that's such a huge thing, which it's tough. You can't get over the idea of you need to learn this means door, this means up, <laughs> right. this means down. Like you, you can't like <laughs> can't ignore that, but speaking it is such a huge important piece of that. Taking time out of your day to make it something that you should do, to make it something that you will do, also has a big impact on how well you're going to learn that. Yeah. If I don't take... And that was my problem before. Like, I've had many false starts with learning Spanish. (laughs) And only in the past couple years have I really committed, yes, you know what? I'm going to learn it because Mm -hmm. it's useful for me in my community, in my school, my job. It would do me and many other people a great service if I would just learn it and enjoy learning it. Mm -hmm. It's not a... Don't treat it like a job. Totally. It's something that gives you opportunity for personal growth. So that's what it is for me. And that's what motivates me mm-hmm. to do it. As before, it was, well, it would be something I could put on a, a CV, a resume. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you can say, oh, I speak a little Spanish. Yeah. And I love your department. It's, you guys have a great kind of camaraderie. Every time I see you guys, you kind of know the foreign language department. Number one, because I'm usually speaking a foreign language. But right. <laughs> you guys are continually, even though you're a French teacher speaking Spanish, and everybody knows a little bit of another language that you're they communicating. Do. And you use it in just conversation, just regular yes, conversation. And to insult each other. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. And that's a great, like, it's an extremely great best practice where, like, 
you're using what you know and going from there. It's like just super, super useful. It's very common for us to come up to each other and ask, hey, how do you say this in whatever language? Yeah. Because I heard about this or because we're language nerds, uh, we're always finding different things here and there on mm -hmm. social media, on the Internet, and we yeah. share it with each other. Hey, this goofy thing in Spanish sounds like this inappropriate word <laughs> or it does this in French. And it's always a good time to yeah. explain those things to each other. Totally. It was really interesting when I did my episode with uh, Juarez because I asked him for him teaching Spanish for Spanish speakers. I asked him like what it was like to teach native speakers. And it was interesting what he said, because what you and I just said about learning a new language, you and I said, you need to write less, speak more. And he has done a huge emphasis on writing more for right. those native speakers yes. because they're growing up in a, a household that may not have learned what we would consider proper Spanish or proper French or proper English, whatever it may be. And it's interesting to see you say kind of the similar criticism I, we have for foreign language, but then on the native side, it's like they want to write more and more. Mm. So that's just kind of a really cool, cool connection and uh, things there. Let's take a quick break from our episode with Micah Rewind to do our eel shout-outs for our episode today. First shout-out goes to all summer uh, work that's being put in place to get ready for the 2023-2024 school year. A lot of teachers doing a lot of work, students getting prepared for the sports seasons and things along those lines. So major shout-out to everybody gearing up for this upcoming year. Another major shout-out goes to um, those getting ready for the Central High All-Student Orientation. Student orientation will be August 1st, 2nd, 3rd. On the 1st, they'll go from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The 2nd, they'll go from 12 p.m. to 7. August 3rd, they'll go from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Directly after, on August 3rd at 4 p.m., the Omaha Central Broadcasting Team will be having their Fall Sports Showcase. This will feature Athletic Director Rob Lockin and all seven fall sports teams, ranging from boys cross-country to eSports to the new football coach to volleyball. Tons of great things there, so great job for those guys. Excited for what they'll be creating um, at that event. All right, let's get back to our episode with Micah Ringline. So speaking of French and, and learning new words and stuff, what's the top three words that we should know in French? What are your favorite words that every person should know? I don't think I can say those on this podcast. <laughs> so one of my favorite phrases that I love to tell students and have them memorize to use yeah. is the phrase ta gueule. Ta gueule. Ta gueule. Ta gueule. Yeah, that's good. Which means shut up. In an extremely, <laughs> extremely rude way. Yeah. You can say it really kindly, like, oh, ta gueule, like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Which is a rude thing to say in the first place. But I think it is a, a very common phrase. Mm -hmm. So you should know it. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, there's always greetings like, bonjour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello. Hello. And you can't underemphasize the importance of saying thank you. Merci. Merci. Or merci bien, which means thanks a good amount. Thanks a lot. Okay, very good. A lot of people say merci beaucoup, but I feel like that's a little old-fashioned. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a too proper type thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay, very good. Everybody at home, there will be a quiz later on uh, in the year, so be prepared. We're going to quiz you on uh, those <laughs> You can come up to me and say bonjour, but please don't come up to me and say ta gueule. Yeah, yeah. Students listening, that's if not, you do, that, not a good idea. Actually, if you do, I'll be impressed. Actually, I do want you to do that. You know what? Do that. Do that. Do it. Incoming freshman, you see Mr. Wingline, tell him to shut up in French, and he'll be 
I'll so be delighted. I will laugh. Great. Great start to the year. <laughs> so speaking of uh, BizDynar, we talked about earlier, uh, Biz took a group of students to Paris around France, traveling a little bit and using yes. the language. Yes. And I hear this with, with any any foreign language teacher. I, I don't know if it's required necessarily, but they always spend usually six months to maybe even a year in another country. Oh, for sure. When they come back. Why is it so important to be dropped into that culture into the into experience that when it comes to language why is that that's so important your brain cannot refuse it <laughs> you there cannot it refuse the culture the absorption of all of these qualities that make up another community mm-hmm. no matter where you are i mean whether it's in france or germany or somewhere else in the united states you're completely immersed in it so that part of those qualities i think come across into you and change you you have to be immersed in it to absorb all that information if because otherwise it's too easy to block it out yeah to ignore too easy too easy to be comfortable as well as the yeah. thing i mean it's too easy we gravitate towards what is easiest i mean we all do but that type of thing if you if you, when you know nobody else speaks english and you're in a small town you have to learn the language like best yep. case scenario you better do it yeah that are you your other option is to not and suffer and be in silence and very very lonely in <laughs> a long right. term google translate time <laughs> I, I i'll admit i used it in japan oh, my I wife bet. and i we do not speak any japanese or read any japanese mm-hmm. trying to figure out that air conditioner was horrible even with <laughs> google translate because you can hold it up and use Google Lens to take a picture of it and it would yeah. translate it. It was no help at all. Oh my goodness. It was a nightmare. Especially like what we were just doing with the, with the language, the ear, to be able to hear what is said. There, there's When it comes to studying languages, for those at home, there's hearing, speaking, and writing. And those are three very different things because if you can't hear, you can't pick up what somebody is saying. Like you're going to, that's like the first, like, that's the first hurdle to get over. And that's part of the importance of that immersion is to deal with all of that all at once. Yeah. So that your brain connects what you hear with what you see right there and then in the moment that's what's impactful yeah that's awesome well speaking of diving into different cultures your department head uh, Erica Meyer is a huge world traveler I mean you want to talk about immersing yourself into another culture that's like Erica's whole life so what's it like to work <laughs> under somebody who is continually going to these other places and taking in more cultures and more languages and things so what's it like to work under Ms. Meyer as, a, de- Meyer? as a department head I trust her to understand what challenges I have in my classroom with language acquisition for my students. I, I appreciate her opinion. I fully trust that she has experience to back up her leadership. Yeah. So a second reason, a second point would be it's great to work with Erica because she's not done trying to learn new things mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah <laughs> and i think as teachers it's important that we showcase that all the time yes that even though we are teaching something it doesn't mean we're done looking into new hobbies looking into new ideas that it continues we can be lifelong learners and still have a full-time job yeah there are other things to know especially to see your leaders do that too that somebody's above you who's doing that who's like hey you should go here you should take these trips you should and she's always doing that like yes that just i mean it's lead within type thing lead by example that's, type thing that's good that's yeah. a good term that's awesome well very good so when we look at during the year you and i are probably a little different from each other the i'm the bald-headed giant beard that's coming out of my ears you of course are i'm pretty casual i would say you have the long flowing beautiful I can't hair grow, i can't grow a beard though that's okay 
I can't grow hair. <laughs> See, it's same, same in that point. Um, you've always got the long flowing hair, the the nice dress pants, the vest. So mm -hmm. where does this this style, this attire come from? Um, that it's every day, I think, for you. you. Don't do you ever wear jeans? Which is funny right now because during this interview, I'm wearing t-shirt shorts, teenage tennis shoes, turtle, yeah. turtles. Yeah. <laughs> it was at Target. It was like nine dollars. Can't say no. This Can't say no. When I first started, when I finally stopped working all those other jobs. Yeah. And I got this one. I didn't own... I owned one pair of dress slacks and one dress-up shirt. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll go in and see what it's like. So I put those on, and I saw Eric Behrens, who is, yeah, uh, um, I suppose, legendary for his stay here at Central High School. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that other teachers wore nice slacks and button-up shirts, and I thought, I, I'll do that too. It's important to know that students know that I'm a professional, that I'm a teacher, which is reinforced by Dr. Bigsby. You are the adult. I never keep <laughs> I mean, out of I mean you, shows. Can, you can conflict on that, I suppose. <laughs> like, you are the adult, so you dress like one. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you prescribe to that formula of what is adult dress or not, I, yeah. I get that. But I thought, I can do that. So I wore the tie, I wore the vest, and I just kept doing it. And that's your thing, and we're pretty, you're pretty I, well I known for it. I guess it's my thing. I guess so, yeah. I don't know if anybody else wears a vest, do they? Oh, yeah, Darren yeah. Larson, man. Darren Larson, Darren Larson, Larson does. I see a lot of sweater vests when the fall comes around. True. Big sweater fan during that time. Well, very cool. That's a cool little, kind of like, I don't know, just to start that transition in this job and what that looks like. But you know, like. the vests don't fit me like they used to. They're a little, a little that, tighter that, than they used to be. That dad bod comes <laughs> in. You know, start having kids and stealing yeah. kids' snacks. That's what happens. It, go, it goes yeah, that way. Snacks are so good, though. Oh, they are so good. Well, you and I were talking before the show, kind of when we were setting things up, that you and I both have kind of dived into this kind of creative outlet of, yeah. of you doing photography, me doing some photography, you doing some audio editing, doing Photoshop, you're shooting weddings and things mm -hmm. like that. So we talked about hobbies during the summer. How how did you get into this? How this creative outlet, how did you, yeah, let's start there. How did you get into kind of this uh, new fields? Oh goodness, that's a long story. Yeah. Well, I, in 2018, I was bored over winter break, so I bothered my sister-in-law's piano, a little keyboard, a little clunky keyboard, mm -hmm. and it was great. Oh, piano's just pushing buttons. I don't know why everyone's so scared of it. It is scary, though. Yeah. It does get more complicated, but when I first started, it was such an, such an accessible instrument. Everybody should try piano and go oh, from there. Yeah. So that moved on to acquiring a drum set, getting a bass guitar, and getting other guitars with other pickups. Involved uh, into me getting a, a DAW, a digital audio workstation, so I could modify music and um, an audio box, an audio interface, and mm -hmm. buying chords, and buying studio monitors, and microphones, Things and learning how to sing. Yeah. It just exploded. And that moved into, uh, then I started doing more art illustration with pencils, and I learned how to watercolor paint. Yeah. And then I did digital illustration. I made a children's book for my wife, and she thought it was so great. She said, you should put that out there. So I learned how to format a book and put it on Amazon Kindle. And then I made a, a read-along. I had her narrate the video, so I learned Adobe Premiere. And I learned how to animate, so I made a little animated intro for the video that I put on YouTube. And I learned how to do all the YouTube stuff, and I had never done any of that stuff. Yeah. Any YouTube, I didn't care at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, We'll figure it out. It's it's so cool from what you just said because it's the if you just take that first step. It's uncomfortable, of course. Like you said, the pianos why are you scared of it? It's just keys, nothing to be scared of, but you take that first step and then it's it it rolls. I feel the same way. Yeah, with, it has just snowballed with, with green.
Yeah, I feel the same way with this stuff, like things I've been doing where it's like, it snowballed into, hey, like, doing more digital design, doing marketing, like the YouTube thing. And then it's like, you romanticize those things people do like all the time. The other day I was looking into <laughs> Twitch streaming. Like I'm not gonna stream me playing video games by any means. But I was like, that would be so cool to like set this up and do this. Like, it's just that creative juice gets going. I did a Twitch stream for a little bit for my illustrations. Yeah? I got pretty bored with it. It would be cool. Like donate like money and things like that. What's the name of the book? So we can put it on our, we'll put it in the show notes too. It's The Little Green Pea. The Little Green Pea. I'll make sure we'll, we'll put a link to it's Amazon. A mother, P, who's taking care of her baby P. Mm-hmm. And there was a papa P and a cat who refused to help to do anything at all. It's like uh, the, little, the little red hen. Yeah, I love it. That's so awesome. So it seems a little odd. It originally was just a gift from me to my wife. I wife. published it through Google Photos and dragged each oh, picture I over. That. Had it printed and sent. It was... This is a good time. Those at home, if you're really looking to uh, surprise your wife here for Mother's Day, write a book. <laughs> yeah. Easily done, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we had it translated. I had a friend translate it to Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, another friend translated it to Japanese, and another one translated it to Chinese. Yes. A German still in the works, but there's a... Ralph well, Meyer. There's a read-through. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> With what time? <laughs> Just too busy being jet-lagged. <laughs> Yes, that's funny. That's great. That's awesome. That's super exciting. So in closing, um, this is our super open-ended final question. Um, what's your message to the Central High community, the students, the parents, the alumni, the, the sheer amount of people who surround uh, that building and that institution? I guess, I guess thank you for being such an open and diverse and always left, right, political or racial or religious variety that we have at Central. I really feel like it's a great representation and I'm sure there's criticism that mm-hmm. you could draw, yeah. but the greatest representation of diversity that I've been able to experience in a profession or a community no matter where I've lived. That's awesome. That's great. That's a great message to them. I love that. Well, I appreciate you coming here on an extremely steamy day. Oh, that's why we're inside. It's getting all out good. Of, getting out of the house, getting, getting away from the uh, kiddos and getting ready for for a year. So thanks for joining me for chatting at the sea. Thanks for having me.